Hello and welcome to a new episode of the SAP Experts podcast. My name is Timo Deiner and I am Innovation Manager at the German office of the CTO at SAP Germany. Today we are leaving the mindset path and dive into a really relevant topic which touches our daily life – mobile devices. Have you ever wondered how to run enterprise mobility at scale? SAP has around about 85,000 iOS devices. They are all managed and we as employees have the best experience when using these devices. My guest today has made all that possible when he started a mobile team many, many years ago. Martin Lang. Today he's head of mobile experience in the board area of Thomas Sauer-Essig. We talked about some security myths from the past, the role of gamification and fun during development and the upcoming flagship app SAP Mobile Start. Let's jump into the episode and listen to Martin what SAP is bringing in the future for mobilizing the intelligent enterprise. Martin, great to have you as my guest in this episode when we are talking about mobility and enterprise mobility. I guess we met many, many years ago. Um, that was the time when we recently acquired Sybase and one of our former executives um, had the decision to buy, I guess, several thousand iPads and then later on iPhones came in. This was the era when we all had in, in sales at least um, these fancy old style Blackberries and so on. And from then on, you were one of the um, people who were responsible to manage and to roll out um, the iOS devices to, to us as employee, right? Yeah, that's correct, uh, Timo, and thanks for having me. Um, yeah, this you are referring back to about 2011, 12-ish, uh, and indeed, uh, this was, I think, about a year or so, the iPhone, the iPad came out in 2010, I believe. And uh, this was a year or two after when SAP decided to buy about, or, or I think exactly 10,000 iPads all at once for our entire sales force at the time, for, for our salespeople at SAP uh, to equip them with the iPad. And uh, at that point, uh, we didn't really have any apps for the iPad, though. We uh, had just a regular, of course, they came with a mail app and calendar and so forth. But uh, I was starting a team inside the SAP IT organization um, that uh, was then tasked to build apps for the iPad. Uh, but of course, also for the iPhone, and we already had a few uh, Android devices, and we still, like you said, had a lot of Blackberries. We, I think, at the height of Blackberry, we had about twenty-two thousand uh, Blackberries at SAP. This must have been maybe around 2010, 11 wow. or so. Um, and then it was a bit of a decline, of course, as we all know. <laughs> a bit of a decline. That's good. I like that. <laughs> and um, we want to use also that episode for, um, yeah, for myth. Uh, roundabout mobility and there was one internal myth when our former CEO decided to buy 10,000 iPads that there was a call from Apple and they asked them so the people say and they asked them hey Bill what do you want to do with 10,000 iPads why are you investing in 10,000 iPads because the myth says that it was one of the biggest deals for Apple in, in the enterprise business then. And to be honest, it's a statement when we have 22,000 
Blackberries in place and then we are buying 10,000 iPads without any apps. So is that myth true? Did you hear that as well? Yeah, I heard it as well, I, but I also don't know if it's uh, totally true. But I, I think at the time it must have been one of the largest deals that Apple has done. I believe in the meantime, there is some some companies who buy even more iPads or iPhones uh, or Macs for that matter. Um, but at the time, it was must have been one of the largest. Um, I think we we uh, also at around that time, right? And you mentioned that we acquired Sybase and we recognized, started to recognize that mobile is a big deal, not just in the consumer world, but also in the business world. And uh, and we wanted to, I guess, our, our CIO, and I'm sure this was also uh, driven by the board at the time, um, and Bill, um, we wanted to um, you know, put a good foot on the ground uh, with our salespeople, first and foremost, because they... Uh, uh, obviously, it's very nice if your salespeople work with the most modern technologies and they also have a lot of customer face time. So we wanted to equip them with the most modern tools available yeah. at the time um, and to be uh, as uh, self-sufficient with these tools as possible. So to also get things like uh, a price list app on these iPads so that salespeople can have a customer conversation with just the iPad in front of uh, maybe a one-on-one -on -one at a restaurant or something and go through a deal and, and, uh, and kind of talk through uh, what it would take to implement SAP and so forth. Yeah. yeah. And that was um, over 10 years ago now. So do you have the current numbers, by the way, on how many iPhones, iPads or Apple devices in total we currently have at SAP? Yes, uh, of course. Um, we have about uh, just just below 70,000 iPhones at SAP, 69,000 some, um, about 16,500 iPads. Uh, so if you combine those, you end up at around 85, 86,000 iOS devices, um, somewhere in that range. And we also support Android at SAP. We have about 8,000 Android devices that we currently manage. Um, no Blackberries anymore <laughs> since, since <What>? many years. <laughs> uh, well, uh, yeah, I guess nobody does. Uh, we actually, for a little while, we had some Android Blackberries because uh, I think they still produce maybe some hands handsets that are android based that still have a, a physical keyboard but they nobody was buying them so we uh, kicked them uh, from the catalog uh, we kicked them out again um we also have about um uh, just just shy of thirty thousand max like 29,000 some um wow. thousand max at sap in the meantime this actually has grown quite a bit um just in the last three years or so uh, three or four years, that number has doubled. Uh, so I think four years ago, uh, we just had about 15,000. And in the meantime, it's twice that many. Yeah. And that's a really impressive number from my point of view. So um, for all our listeners, SAP currently has around about 100,000 employees. And when we mm -hmm. now have um, that much Mac, so that's a, a good number. So I'm a personally, I'm a Mac user from the first um, from the first day, so to say. I know that in the beginning, we were completely responsible by ourselves for that Mac, so no support from IT because processes weren't set up and so on. But um, that brings us to another 
topic, and this is really interesting, um, because the state of UX in the enterprise report from, I guess it was 2019 or so, um, they have a they have published a number which is really impressive. So they say that 70% of our CEOs or of the CEOs see that uh, UX is a competitive differentiator. And mm. I strongly believe that when you equip your employees with good equipment and with equipment they personally choose or they have the freedom of choice of if I want to go with a Mac or if I want to go with an um, Windows device or if I want to have iOS or or Android or whatever, that this is also a big differentiator for for a company or for an employer because when you give the people the freedom of choice in their device, that makes you, of course, more attractive as an employer. But when we are talking on myths, and this is um, something I was always discussing when I was at, at customers um, these times and when we were talking about mobility in, in an enterprise context, there were always two kind of people. So the one people we are also internally like, yeah, give the people the device and allow them to use the device actually. And the other ones where the people give them the device, but make it as secure as possible and no WhatsApp, no private usage, just business usage. And only then it's maybe secure and, and stuff like that. But this is from my point of view, not a good experience for the employees. And I do believe that this is also a myth then when you, tell the people, hey, we have to secure it and we have to use VPN and all that stuff on the device to make it really, really secure, um, this won't work. And at SAP, you or we decided to go a different way. So we are allowed to use um, the devices also in, in our private life, right? Yeah, I mean, I was corrected recently actually from our security teams uh, that they said they don't really like if I say... We are allowed to use our devices in our oh. private lives. Uh, they would say we tolerate that. Uh, okay. But but in 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 the real world, I think tolerating uh, private use comes very close to allowing private use um, from the how it feels like, right? So we we definitely tolerate it, and and we kind of build it into our processes, um, you know. And I'm quite proud that in. Um, in my former role, I, I think we'll talk about this a little bit later, uh, how I also switched roles recently. But when I was responsible for all these internal devices with a great team uh, of experts, of course, but we've been able uh, uh, for, uh, let's take these 85,000 iOS devices as an example, right? Mm -hmm. iPhones and iPads combined, that, that we are able to secure those uh, uh, enough for everything business for sure, but to also they are also super secure in the private world, and uh, and people are not too restricted, uh, right? So we we do allow for people to install WhatsApp um, uh, or Snapchat or Insta or whatever they want mm -hmm. to install, even Tinder if you want uh, on your corporate phone. Right? Uh, it's no problem at all. Um, what we do do though is uh, we don't allow these apps that you install yourselves to uh, access any corporate data. So there is some uh, management uh, capabilities that Apple provides, and then we leverage Jamf as an MDM provider. They help us with all of this too, uh, and we can 
can issue something that's called a restriction to mm -hmm. all of our devices that gets installed as soon as the device gets activated. Uh, and uh, it prevents WhatsApp from reading, for example, your contacts in Outlook. That was, when we first introduced it, slightly annoying for some people that were very used to use WhatsApp in the corporate world because now they wouldn't see, uh, for example, Timo Dina as a contact anymore. They would yeah. just see your phone number. You might uh, remember that time. Uh, but uh, for those contacts that you are also in touch with in your personal life, it was no problem to then add uh, that contact as a personal contact and then WhatsApp can see those personal contacts. It just cannot see the work contacts. Uh, and I think this is uh, um, a good approach. Uh, you know, it, uh, we can still use it and it's totally usable for our friends or work friends also or family and whatnot. Uh, but in the business world, we have some other tools that we officially endorse to even share confidential data with, right? Which is not something that I would ever use WhatsApp for. Yeah. Uh, but, but we have those tools as well to share even confidential data, uh, of course, internally with our fellow employees but also externally with customers or on the purchasing side maybe with lenders or partners or whoever we have those tools in place but um, yeah, I think it's a good uh, balance uh, that we manage to keep and you know the scale I think is interesting like if you do this for 85,000 devices it's a massive scale and people don't have to think about how do I make my iPhone secure because we all know this or many of us know this maybe from supporting our parents we some Sometimes um, are getting very afraid of what they touch and how their iPhone is maybe secure, uh, whatever. But we manage with very little uh, user interaction and very little IT interaction. People don't need to go to IT to get their iPhone, uh, get to get a new iPhone activated. Uh, very little requires very little IT interaction, and and uh, like this, uh, all of our iPhones are secure. Um, yeah. and can be can still be used and the app store is open you can install apps and, um, practically can use it just like a personal iPhone as well as a business a very secure business phone yeah and that's absolutely true also from a user so or from a consumer perspective for, for me as an employee and as a as a user or consumer of, of um, the IT services internally when I get my new device there is also always a small post-it on it and uh, so Timo uh, welcome to your new device or something like that and then first step open open um, the box second step turn on the iPhone exactly power on the iPhone and then third step there is no step three and then a heart with IT services. And this is for me also the the Apple experience, like it's a new device and everyone loves this new device, but brought to an enterprise context and where an IT department says, hey, it's so easy, just open the box, turn on the iPhone and everything is done automatically. And and it is absolutely done automatically. I don't have to care about yeah, secure containers or boxes or whatever. I just just can use it like it is my private device. And that's really, really cool. And by the way, there is a fun story. It's some, some years older, to be honest. But this was also with a customer in the public area. And they didn't provide the tools, by the way, um, internally to exchange securely images or documents um, for their business process. And what did the customers do or the users do? They always have their private phone with them and they are using their private phone, taking picture from an, from an internal case, from an internal business process and sending it 
um, via their private smartphone to their business email address that they can use the image mm. because the camera was deactivated from the MDM of the customer. And this is not really security because the users are creative to find solutions that they can use it. And so I really like the idea what you are doing uh, or what, what your former team was doing by providing services that we are that we can easily use um, the services. And um, with that, um, you developed many of, of cool applications inside at SAP. And I know your former team, you have great applications which we are using day by day like our campus app and you have also the hard moment or the experience moment when i'm um, arriving to waldorf having the sap campus app installed i always get a push notification hey timo welcome to sap campus in waldorf and this is it, it's a great feeling for me but on the other hand you allowed your team to develop applications like um how was it called flappy um flappy sap flappy sap, flappy mm -hmm. SAP so it was a yes. clone of flappy bird or so but why did you do that why why did you also allow your team to to have a good experience when they manage devices and when they should develop we should not forget when they develop corporate or enterprise mm -hmm. applications why do we publish flappy sap <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think it goes back to what you mentioned um, initially, uh, that UX is a competitive differentiator, user experience, and people are drawn uh, to use things that are fun, uh, and they are drawn away from things that are not fun. Um, right? Uh, and nowadays, if uh, companies uh, make a big investment, whether it's in SAP systems and solutions, cloud or on-premise, whatever, or whether it's in mobile phones, um, especially iPhones, which we have so many of, are also quite expensive, right? A current high-end iPhone is about a thousand euros. Yep. Um, then uh, I think you better have some applications that people use ideally on a daily basis. Because if you only use those devices for mail and calendar, then you might as well still use the BlackBerry if, if it would still be around or use maybe a 200 uh, euro Android phone. Um, but especially those iPhones or also, I don't just want to uh, bitch on Android, you know, also the uh, higher end newer Android phones are just as good uh, in many ways. Uh, they can be used for so much more. Yeah. Um, but but enterprise developers, and I started this team uh, that we talked about very initially, right, in 2011, an IT team that was focused on building mobile apps uh, against SAP backend systems. And, and when you start such a team, initially, most SAP developers or SAP architects, uh, they are not necessarily known to develop fun applications. You know, we are uh, used to develop business applications that look yeah. like a transaction, you know, and have a transaction code and whatever, and selection fields and then uh, execute and then we get some list view maybe and whatever. And and this is not so exciting. And, and especially on a phone, when something is not easy to use, then you tend to not use it and go to your desktop. Uh, 
Um, right. Uh, and and so uh, Flappy SAP has actually been around for quite some time. I, I would need to look up when exactly, but I think we built it maybe as early as 2013 or so already, or 14. Uh, when Flappy Bird came out, we thought let's just let's just try to imitate this, and we we uh, changed the UI completely. We had a, a bug, uh, um, like an insect bug that flies through a data center. That's kind mm-hmm. of the uh, scenery there right you know it uh, and but the, the reason why we did this is because we wanted to learn how to create uh, um, experiences that draw people in uh, you know experiences that people tend to spend some time with uh, yeah. uh, and of course uh, of course uh, I don't know a time recording will never look like flappy SAP um, but uh, but it's still important to learn how to make a delightful experience happen uh, yeah. right? and 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 so we drew, drew quite a few learnings from that we, we also actually added um, ads uh, you know like some of these free apps on the app store you get these uh, banner ads at the mm-hmm. top and so Flappy SAP also has banner ads for other apps, for the for campus app, for example, or the yeah. news app. Uh, and so because we also wanted to know how, how does such an ad framework work, you know, and we also count actually how often an ad is visible on the screen. And if people click on it, we also count that um, just to get some learnings of how, how does something like that work? Because I, I think altogether the enterprise space has a lot to learn from the consumer space. And, and this is something that I felt increasingly passionate about to bring consumer-like experiences back to the enterprise and and have things be easy because in the consumer space if it's not easy you usually just don't use it uh, right? and or you delete it yeah. or you delete it uh, we all know these apps that we maybe install once and then it's no fun uh, and then you just delete it right away right and if that happens to an app that maybe your cio uh, purchased for a million bucks and every employee just deletes it because they don't like it and then it's really not much of a return on investment right so we better need to create things that are fun uh, similarly, I don't want to go too much on the tangent, but similarly, we were also one of the first after uh, Apple introduced dark mode with iOS 12, I believe, uh, to bring dark mode to some of these SAP mm-hmm. apps. You know, because, and, and people were asking me, Martin, why do you invest time in dark mode? It doesn't matter for an SAP app if it's light or dark. But I said, no, it, it matters because it uh, because it's fun. Uh, you know, when when you uh, w- when all the other apps are dark at night, right? When you don't have so much light, um, and and then you open the SAP app and suddenly you are whole white, bright white. <laughs> Suddenly, it's bright white. Then it's no fun, right? And it hurts on the eyes, and it's no fun. Uh, yeah. And and fun, um, fun might not be um, business critical directly, uh, right? But fun drives adoption because people tend to uh, use and reuse things that are fun. And adoption is these days uh, business critical. Adoption and is business critical. But on the other hand, you always have to. And this is some discussions we have on on customer side as well. Um, when they are using the old KPIs on, I have to invest much time or many time into a new application. And why should I invest into yeah, dark mode, into something like gamification or stuff like that? It never pays off. And this is, from my point of view, the wrong approach when you are talking on mobilizing business, because they're, like you said, you are competing against the consumer-grade user experience. And this is why I I really 
underwrite that and support that, that we also have to bring our developers or the customers' developers into that mode that they can play around, that they can test it. And I remember an application you built or the team built um, some years ago when ARKit came out. We also had a, a game leveraging ARKit. But at the end, it helps us to understand the technology behind ARKit because it was quite okay. new and it helped us to bring that technology into a, into a business context, but with a fun, fun approach first. And this was a really great thing from my point of view. And yeah, when we are talking on, on standard development or on standard software, and mm -hmm. you mentioned it before, Martin. Um, yeah, you switched your role. So you are currently heading a mobile experience team at, at SAP in our standard um, development. And what are you exactly doing now? So from managing and or being responsible for managing devices and providing internal apps now to yeah, provide standard iOS applications. It's quite a bit different, I guess. So uh, can you explain what you are doing at mm. mobile experience. Sure, I'd be happy to. Yeah. So maybe just for context, so far I had a role in the SAP IT organization, or we actually call IT uh, IES these days, which is for Intelligent Enterprise Solutions. That's what our IT organization at SAP is called. And, and overall, I've been in an area that often identifies with SAP runs SAP, you know, to support our employees with our own tools. And, mm -hmm. and, and more specifically, then I've been doing this with a mobile perspective. And since 2015, we also adopted the Mac kind of Uh, so anything Apple at SAP was kind of my old team um, internally and also Android at SAP for those 8,000 Android users. Um, and that was, of course, super fun uh, to do that uh, for uh, quite a few years. Um, but I uh, had a little bit of a process in the last couple of months to, to think about our uh, customers more, external customers, that is, but, uh, not so much just our employees, uh, but uh, I think many of our SAP customers um, also are, um, I mean, I'm sure some uh, do some great things also with their iPhones, but, but the vast majority is using these mobile devices also mostly just for calendar and email. Like, and like the Blair blackberry many years like ago. the blackberry yeah. still huh? and i really think that's a shame uh and uh, uh i knew uh, that in the, in the since about a year or so that um in product engineering thomas sauer as export area uh, that we were building up a new mobile unit um uh, to focus on native apps again uh, which sap had uh, a unit or actually several units uh, quite a few years ago that were doing native apps But as you know, or as many of uh, the listeners may know, for quite some time, SAP went away a little bit from recognizing native as much of a thing. And we said, uh, we'll do Fiori apps, mm -hmm. um, Fiori web apps, and we'll make them responsive, we'll make them look good on an iPhone, and then that's all you need. Um, and I don't ever want to say anything bad about Fiori because I, I very much appreciate all these apps right on my Mac, and um, I don't really uh, want to go to SAPGUI if I can avoid it anymore, right? Those times are really over, should be over for uh, for everyone. Um, Fiori is definitely um, a, a good uh, uh, You know, good look and feel and UI. However, on a on a mobile device, we recognize in the meantime that for certain use cases, uh, native 
adds a lot of value. Um, and not so much that an app is just uh, natively built and the, the same app that exists as a Fury app now exists uh, natively built, maybe with Swift or Swift UI or, or Java on the Android side. But it's more about these native um, features, platform features, you could also call them, right? Like things like push Apple push notifications and, and not just push notifications, but rich push notifications, right? That maybe have an action button right away yeah. also after the push notification, maybe for approving or rejecting something or things like that. Like we know from messenger apps where you can reply to a, a message uh, right away, right from the push notification, right? Things like deep camera integration where the camera is used to recognize not just QR codes or barcodes, but maybe also objects uh, or the state of objects. Uh, right? To get and access like to this. the LIDAR scanner, which is really, really great on the newest yeah. iPhone, yeah. Right, right. Uh, those things. Huh? Or geolocation awareness. This is mm -hmm. what happens, the magic that happens that you already mentioned with the campus app, right? That if any SAP employee now after the pandemic comes back to an SAP campus, that we send them a push, uh, send him or her a push notification um, to welcome them back on campus. This is done with geolocation awareness. Uh, or I could go on and on, right? I mean, spotlight search integration, widgets, uh, all these are great uh, platform and, and device features that uh, add value and and so this unit um, that uh, Thomas Sauerasik in his unit is, is building up uh, is something that I cared for more and more. And now, June 1st, I actually joined the unit uh, with a team that, as you mentioned, we call Mobile Experience. Th that team specifically is not going to be an engineering team because there is a bunch of uh, great engineering teams around already. Uh, uh, but it's going to be a team that helps with some storytelling, which I guess we are even doing here a little bit right now. Uh, storytelling around mobile because I mm -hmm. find that very important if you do great mobile apps uh, you need to tell a lot of stories uh, and there is a lot of stories generally to be told and, um, but it also is about what I currently call this, this name might change but I currently call this mobile experience guidelines what I mean with this is if you or anyone listening is familiar with our SAP mobile apps at this point, I'm talking, for example, Conquer and SuccessFactors and Ariba and FieldClass, or even maybe Open SAP as an example, or um, any, any of these apps that you find when you search for SAP in the App Store, you or anyone will notice every one of them looks different. Uh, none of them look the same. Yeah. And not just not just the icon looks different, but also the in-app experience is very different. The, the logon experience in the app is very different. And then the uh, settings or the profile pictures or just a general look and feel is very different. And so this is something that SAP recognizes uh, we have neglected this area a little bit. Uh, Thomas recognized this. He's investing now in, um, in, in overall quite a good-sized team uh, to fix this. Of course, this can't be fixed overnight, uh, but uh, but I'll also help uh, to fix it. You know, in, uh, in in bringing some of those teams together, defining these guidelines. Um, uh, how should a good enterprise app look like? Yeah. Um, of course, of course, uh, uh, this is all 
all a big giant collaboration between many SAP people um, from many all kinds of different uh, board areas also and many stakeholders. Uh, the yeah. design, for example, comes from a totally different team. Um, but uh, but a lot there's a lot that the developers of these apps can do to make them eventually look more like a suite. Um, you know, like what what is easy to understand is if you if you look at for Microsoft in the App Store, uh, all these apps look and feel the same. If you if you search for Google, all these apps look and feel the same. Right, it's yeah. a similar icon strategy, and and that's where we're gonna drive the SAP apps also. But Martin, I think we have one more challenge and maybe this is a specific SAP challenge. So um, when we are talking on apps and I fully agree and understand that they should um, look and behave the same um, so mm -hmm. that success factors looks the same like Conqueror, looks the same like an S4 core app, whatever. But on the other hand, um, our customer base, especially the customers who are for many, many years, our customers, they know that they can at least their on-prem systems um, can be yeah, modified, customized, configured. You can mm -hmm. add fields, you can remove fields and all that flexibility we as SAP gave our customers for many, many years. Um, this was something really challenging in our last try when we tried to mobilize um, yeah, SAP backend systems because our customers also requested the same features also maybe from their thinking or from their mindset that I have to have the same flexibility on my mobile device side like I have on my SAP GUI backend side or whatever. And um, yeah, an iOS application, if you are familiar or if the customers are familiar with on how to roll out applications and how to manage them and so on, it was not that easy to extend our applications or configure our applications um, that time. And now we launched something um, at, at Sapphire, which we are currently calling SAP Mobile Start, which will mm -hmm. be, so to say, the, the starting point or starting desktop or whatever on, on mobile devices. And what are your thoughts? So we imagine that in the future, all of our applications will look the same, behave the same, but we still have that challenge with they need to be configured. They need to be individualized. How are we tackling that challenge It at SAP Mobile Start? Do we make the same mistake like we did or mistake in, <laughs> you know what I mean, uh, some yeah. years ago? Or do we have some other concepts now for SAP Mobile Start? Yeah, I mean, we are, of course, um, uh, 10 years or so into this, right? And so the world has moved on and technology has moved on and there are some new capabilities. Um, and some of these um, you see in Mobile Start already. Um, uh, um, for example, um, Mobile Start... Um, Uh, leverages a lot of these native capabilities that I was uh, talking mm -hmm. about earlier, or native qualities, you, uh, people call them different names, but it leverages, for example, push notifications. Um, it leverages widgets, uh, and it has spotlight search integration. Um, and all of these things, the three things that I just mentioned as example, it, it uh, contains a few other things as well, but they are built into Mobile Start kind of as a framework, not as a hard-coded, uh, and you have to use as for hana cloud and then there's only one type of push notification that can end up okay. in mobile start but they are a framework that any customer can decide uh, with their s4 on-premise system or their s4 hana cloud system uh, can decide which push uh, which which backend event
events are so important that I'd like to alert my employee base or people in a certain role uh, of this uh, event happening in the backend. And so uh, uh, I expect this to almost, this is probably the wrong term for this, but almost to become a little bit of a marketplace you know, of, uh, of people developing um, little, uh, this is also not the right term, but little... Uh, Let's call it widgets. Little Maybe. widgets, yeah. uh, or that, or that uh, little extensions uh, in, for their on-premise or their cloud systems that would uh, trigger a push uh, for a certain business process, uh, and it would end up in SAP Start. And maybe not not right away when SAP Start launches in August, but um, but maybe these will there'll be even be ways to share these, um, uh, whether it's on on GitHub or whether there'll be other ways to share these from one customer to another mm -hmm. um, or share them and uh, still adjust them a little bit uh, or whatnot. Yeah. Uh, same is true with widgets. You know, widgets are also great in the enterprise to keep uh, a number, maybe uh, maybe uh, the amount of committed deals or, or, or your outstanding um, DSO or whatever it might be uh, to keep that number uh, on your home screen at all times and update it maybe three, four times a day. Uh, also, not all the time, but consume battery too much, but a couple of times a day, but to keep that number inside always, these numbers will be very freely customizable um, with just a little bit of a code snippet. Um, mm -hmm. uh, or also which apps show up in Mobile Start. App, uh, Mobile Start is also, among a few other things, it also is a bit of an app launcher. And, and sometimes people say, why do you need an app launcher? The home screen is my app launcher. But uh, we found at SAP, um, that people appreciate to see apps, both native apps as well as some Fury apps uh, in their business context, you know, for salespeople to see them in how they think about uh, acquiring a deal or uh, managing a deal or finishing a deal or whatever and to see these apps in the context this helps yeah. with new hires that are new to the process but it also helps people who are there since a while to just uh, right away jump to the right uh, thing and and all of this in mobile start is freely customizable in a in a central uh, uh, fury launchpad um, uh, and we can even add it's it's uh, the whole thing is kind of a framework because we can even add um, our competitors' apps. If someone would like to add uh, Salesforce, because maybe they use this as their sales system, they could even mm -hmm. add that uh, native Salesforce apps into SAP Mobile Start, uh, or add the Microsoft apps because maybe uh, OneDrive or SharePoint is used in their business process. And so, um, a lot is very freely customizable in the apps. So, so we do, did recognize, I think, that point that apps need to be flexible. Um, we also one of the things in these mobile guidelines that um, I, I'm currently thinking about and discussing with quite a few uh, people around in SAP um, is we'll offer app config integration, uh, which means MDM integration, mm -hmm. mobile device management integration, right? That from an MDM, you can configure uh, uh, your app. Uh, you can uh, switch, turn off a certain feature or turn on a certain feature. Um, this is also going to be uh, quite powerful. So far, very few of the SAP apps leverage app config, but in the future, I, I would expect all of our apps will use this. But in addition to all of that, um, I still think... Uh, 
it's totally true what you said initially, right? Every customer system is different. Uh, every SAP customer system or, or landscape is totally different. Um, uh, and the brewery is not the same thing as a car manufacturer, right? They, they are Absolutely. fundamentally, or a hospital, right? They are totally fundamentally different business processes. And so um, I believe what will happen as SAP recognizes now, native apps are something uh, strategic again and are something that the world needs for certain use cases, right? For, for use cases where these native qualities make a lot of sense. I believe that partners uh, will also jump on this, both small uh, partners, maybe sometimes just uh, a developer or two in a startup situation, or also some mid-size uh, partners who maybe specialize on a certain industry and surely also some of the big players in, in the consulting world uh, will also jump on this and develop native apps, uh, more native apps again as well. Uh, um, yeah. Because if SAP recognizes this as something important, I, I think it'll have a downstream effect of more people, more and more people starting to recognize this as something uh, good, something yeah. that the world needs. I think we need the partners because they have the knowledge in some yeah, specific areas where we don't go in. And then it's the same like like in the digital core we where we also need partners to to extend or to bring in their knowledge then as well and um right. i when you were explaining the capabilities of sap mobile start for for me to be honest it sounded a bit like um sap fiori launchpad on steroids um so is this a good comparison that we have the fiori launchpad just with some added native capabilities or did i get it right and it is much more than just the launchpad with steroids or on steroids yeah, I, I don't know if that's an official positioning, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, but you could call it that. I don't think it's it's wrong uh, either. It it is a little bit like this. It it is. I I call it. It's it's the first of a new generation of SAP mobile apps that uh, that distinguishes itself uh, from us having recognized how mobile really works. That it's not about just to, like I said earlier, to redevelop the same app in a native mm -hmm. uh, framework, but it is about those native qualities. And that is very visible in Mobile Start. Uh, and but yeah, it, it will. I think your your description is accurate because it will. When you first open it up, it will be uh, look inspired at least from the Fury Launchpad, but it will really be optimized to your phone yeah. uh, or and your. And it's not bad when it's inspired by by the Fury Launchpad because our users are now familiar with the Fury look and feel from their desktop and so on. Um, totally. So it's 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 good that it's inspired, and it brings me to my I guess last of. Almost last question, Martin. And um, we see that especially Apple is bringing more and more together the iOS platform together with the macOS platform. So with the current generation of Apple Macs, you can run iOS applications directly on your MacBook. Right. Um, will mobile start then maybe the SAP GUI in the future for Macs as well that you ha can have the full cool native experience on your MacBook as well. And then you have a full-fledged desktop or MacBook with a keyboard and, and stuff like that. But with a really, really great native experience, you are familiar from iOS? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know... Um if uh, I should lean myself out of the window too much. Uh, 
but I think it's definitely fair to say that we are looking at that, no, not just me, but uh, lots of other people are looking yeah. at it very actively uh, inside SAP. How do these mobile apps, how, how does the Conquer app, for example, uh, uh, look like on a Mac? Uh, uh, we do have, of course, the, the awesome Tripit application uh, as part of the SAP family as well, right? Because Tripit was acquired by Conquer, mm -hmm. Conquer was then acquired by SAP, and Tripit, of course, is more of a consumer app, but lots of lots of SAP people or customers also like it because SAP will used to be uh, traveling a ton uh, before the pandemic, anyway. Um, uh, but but uh, also at some point will be after the pandemic, and then uh, uh, Tripit is available in the uh, Mac App Store already. Um, so so this will, if if you or anyone wants to try this out, uh, I would encourage you to maybe try yeah. the. Trip it up on your Mac, it really feels uh, great, yeah? and uh, and we definitely want to come up with experiences around uh, these uh, native mobile apps that feel great. Yeah? So we are definitely looking at that as well. Um, but of course, if SAP would come up with an approach to run mobile apps on the Mac, uh, then. Uh, the other uh, half of people, or maybe a few more than half, that uh, choose Windows devices as the primary device, they would ask, what about us? So we need to also be considerate of that, uh, yeah. I think, and see what happens there. I think lots of interesting things happen also in the Windows environments. Uh, but yeah, we are definitely looking at that. Um, um, and, and this is um, super interesting to us to run um, mobile apps. And, and, and most good designed iPad apps look awesome on a Mac and, and are really uh, easy and fun to use. That sounds really, really promising. Really, really promising, to be honest, Martin. And then I promised my very last question for that episode. Um, I remember it's also some month or at least years back, maybe, um, you had one wish, more or less one wish or one feature request, and I had that as well, and we discussed um, a little bit about it. Um, we have the um, do not disturb mode, and especially when you deliver, and this is the The question from the beginning, when you as an IT department deliver a good user experience, maybe your users or your employees start to um, killing their private devices like I did. I only have my SAP iPhone. No, I don't want to carry two devices with me. But sometimes I want to have um, yeah, family time, leisure time. I am on vacation and so on. And we discussed that feature of yeah, business do not disturb, that I want to get my push notifications or iMessages from my wife and girlfriend or whatever. And but I don't want to get um, notifications from SAP or business applications. And um, you mentioned before, or you mentioned in our in our discussion later uh, before before we had that podcast that this feature is now partly available in iOS 15, right? You already looked at it. Yes. Um, yeah, iOS 15 is coming. Um, was announced at uh, WWDC a few weeks ago, um, and we are currently uh, at beta three. And at SAP, there is about a hundred people or so um, across SAP that uh, often use these and, and now also use uh, iOS 15 already. Um, some of them, myself included, even on our production devices, which is not necessarily advisable. Uh, 
but uh, but you just That's why see, it's called beta, <laughs> right? But uh, but of course you see uh, a lot of things, and then we actually often give a lot of feedback to Apple um, on some issues that still exist. Uh, but yes, uh, with iOS 15 there is a feature, uh, or do not disturb is kind of gone um, in iOS 15. The feature is called Focus, and you can focus. The idea is you can focus on different things. You can focus. Uh, on sleep uh, or focus on uh, business, mm -hmm. uh, kind of the other way around, right? Uh, keep your private life out of the picture a little bit or focus on your private life or focus on maybe driving, uh, which is combined with CarPlay. If CarPlay goes on, you can automatically focus on driving and blend uh, or, or filter out everything that you don't want to see while you're driving. Um, uh, this feature can be a do not disturb for business because you can freely decide if you want to focus on your private life to not see any push notifications anymore from any of your work apps, not see any iMessages uh, anymore or messages from your work mm -hmm. colleagues. Um, but also, uh, if, uh, if you organize your apps uh, on different screens and your business apps might sit on your second screen or mm -hmm. your first screen, uh, you can also... Um, take off a certain screen entirely while you are in focus uh, time, a focus on private, and then the business screen is entirely gone. You don't mm -hmm. even see the apps anymore. I, I really expect this to um, become a thing and, and because especially in the pandemic, we saw that it is harder for people to, uh, to you know, mentally turn off business at some point. And it is important, I think, uh, for all of us yep. to turn off work uh, at night or on the weekends um, or sometimes also on vacation. Uh, I, I wish personally and may, hopefully maybe some Apple employees are listening. I already told them that anyway to folks that we are in touch with, but uh, I would wish that we could pre-configure this feature a little bit better uh, in our environment because uh, in our environment where all of our devices are managed by Jamf, uh, our iPhones know exactly which apps are work, mm -hmm. which apps are private. And so um, currently focus uh, doesn't take that into consideration. I have to manually set up my private focus uh, and have to decide these apps still can send me something and these apps cannot. And this is a lot of work to manually say this app is okay and yeah. this app's not okay. Um, I wish I would just have one major switch that says all work apps uh, are gone um, because my iPhone anyway knows which apps were pushed uh, by Jamf and which apps are work-related. But maybe this is still coming so far. I haven't seen that in the betas. Um, maybe it's still coming. Maybe but it's coming. Uh, but uh, altogether, iOS 15 is definitely something to look forward to, not, not just because of that feature. Cool. So that's the perfect call to action to end this episode. So take a look at SAP Mobile Start when it's being released in 2021. And to all the Jamf and Apple R&D employees who are listening to this episode, we want to have focused MDM manageable. And um, yes. that makes us as um, customers and as employees and as IT admins very, very happy because it makes Again, a good mobile user experience and a very good um, feeling when we are using the devices. So, Martin, thanks a lot for your time in this episode. And thanks um, for yeah, take care. And we are looking at SAP Mobile Start. Martin, thank you. Sounds good. All the best. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. All the best. Bye bye. Cheers.